Hello, Randall with the Big Ball Twine Podcast, episode 31. Today we're going to explore suffering. First, I want to say there are often days I get out to do this and I forget to say these words. What a beautiful planet we live on. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. I got that. But if I stop and feel the wind on me, even when it's cold, it's not cold today. Even when it's cold, even when it's a little bit windy and I'm struggling to keep the microphone out of the wind, doesn't matter. The day is beautiful. And today is one of those days I just wanted to notice that. So come along with me while I talk about exploring our suffering, re-looking at ways that we stick ourselves in suffering and keep ourselves there and how we can take a couple easy steps towards reducing our suffering because that's what we're here to do. So strap in and let's see where we go. Well, here we go. wanted to backtrack to the very first episode where I talked about suffering and what suffering is. I think it's important to readdress this every once in a while just to remind us of what we're talking about. My way of thinking about suffering is that um, suffering is only created in our minds. And that's why it's a human endeavor, a human experience, a human challenge to find ways to reduce our suffering because um, because that is a human endeavor, I think it's important that we notice it and we create a world where we suffer less. Let's talk about suffering today. I think that suffering is probably the biggest issue that humans face because if we choose to suffer or choose to suffer less, we do things, we, we create in ways that are wrapped around suffering, not around less suffering. So if we create, if we create a world with the background of suffering, we are creating a world of suffering. So how I would put that in a, in a vivid example would be if I come from suffering as my way of thinking all the time, then I will only create a world of suffering out in front of me. As I progress through my day, my world will become about suffering. So the more I can reduce suffering, the more peaceful my life will be and therefore, the, the life around me that I create will be more peaceful. And the people around me, animals around me, the earth around me will be a more peaceful place. So what is suffering? I know this is going to sound really simple. Suffering is just a thought. It is a series of thoughts, probably, but suffering only starts as a thought a reaction to a, an event or stimulus or an, another thought. 
suffering can be a thought based on another thought that might be based on 100,000 thoughts before it, all possibly different and all possibly exactly the same. When we think about suffering, we're thinking about ourselves thinking. We're thinking about thoughts. And the thought that something makes us suffer um, is just that. It's a it's a nebulous uh, process in our brain. It's not not that it isn't real. In the moment, suffering is felt as real. It is a felt experience. Suffering is something we do feel. I feel suffering when I walk and maybe I twist an ankle on a on the edge of a sidewalk or I feel suffering when I consider how much I miss my brother. When I think of my grandpa, I think of how he was very loving to me and I miss him and in the missing him while I feel loved and cared for, I also suffer because I miss him. So there's suffering in that too. I feel suffering when I rehash the past. I use these words a lot, ponder. You know, just keep going over the same ground over and over and over. That is suffering. It is suffering when I live through my childhood programming in an unconscious way and I don't work to change that way. I just keep doing the same things over and over. We end up with these habitual patterns of behavior. Um, Sometimes things like uh, compulsive behaviors or, or addictions, but also how we end up in relationships and how we play out those those repeated thoughts, those repeated unprogrammed thoughts that we're not aware of. We call that being unconscious, but it's also being part of a program that we learned as children that we don't think about because we are living under the level of total awareness. And then we suffer, of course, because most times we live out of our program, out of our past suffering. We would just continue to suffer. We all, I don't know that it's even possible to live in a way that's creating joy out of suffering in an, in an unconscious way. I don't know that that's possible. Maybe. I just don't see it in this human experience. It appears to me that the way that we suffer most is that we just continue to go over the same ground over and over in our minds. Maybe it's anger at someone or anger at something that happened. Anger at a an entity. Good example is the government. People will project all their suffering onto the government or to other people. And blame them. Blame is an incredibly powerful suffering place. We blame others. We blame entities. We blame universe, source, 
God. We blame anybody but ourselves. We don't blame ourselves for our suffering. We look for a scapegoat. I have suffered a lot in my life, and I've done exactly that. I have created scapegoats in one way or another, often not even thinking about it, just they do something and now they're to blame for that suffering I feel, period. It doesn't really go much further than that. Unexplored suffering. <laughs> and man, unexplored suffering is just more suffering. And to explore your suffering does take some bravery, some stoutness about us, some stoutness about us to explore our suffering does take some stoutness, some braveness, courage, a willingness to want to do better. Because when we explore suffering, we find that there's more suffering under that. We, to use an old um, self-help analogy, it's like the onion, right? We peel off the skin and there's more skin peel off the skin and there's more skin and eventually we get to layers of the onion and there's layers upon layers of onion but eventually nobody ever says this part but eventually you get to the center of the onion and there's no more layers and I think that's what's left out of that analogy is it's just a way to say oh there's more to do but can we get to a place of the center of the onion, the no-suffering space? I don't really know that answer. I'd like to think um, that we do get so close to no-suffering that it is tolerable to live as a human and notice our suffering before it becomes gigantic and overwhelming and move through life with just minor bits of suffering. I think exploring our suffering is perhaps the most important thing we can do. And I don't think we do it without cause. What I mean by that is, again, using terms from 12-step or self-help, we often need to find this place in our lives where we just hit rock bottom, the place where we have suffered sort of a maximum tilting point amount. We've reached a point where we choose to not suffer anymore. We just can't imagine a life like it is and has been before. So some kind of jolting action has taken place and our bodies our minds are jolted in a way that it causes change in us. And in that rock bottom, if we survive it, it, in some way our life will change. I have had a rock bottom in my life about six years ago, and my entire life changed, but it was... It was incredibly difficult. Like I said before, I have been staring at the face of the end of my life, staring at it, wondering if I could move on for even a moment longer. 
with the unbearable pain I was feeling. And that is where I started to discover suffering. That is where my life changed. Because I was able to notice how suffering was happening in my mind. I didn't do it on my own. I was reading and learning, trying to get through that time. Um, reading about suffering and peeling off the first layer of the onion, exploring my suffering, trying to find a way, first of all, trying to find a way to make it end right away, which I got to tell you, I wish it was as simple as making it go away right away. But I think that's part of the beauty of suffering is that you find yourself in a space where you have to make a change and you notice these layers are given to you in slow, methodical steps as if you're being fed by a book or steps in a book. And so the universe, God, source, does not feed all of you the answers at once because I think at some level our mind can't handle it all at once we are unable to absorb it all at once we have to take it in little chunks you know the old what's that old story about how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time in the men's group that I'm in we often say to a man who's done a big chunk of work but hasn't solved his problems we would say to him we don't solve all the world's problems in one night but we did something here tonight so that's what I wish for all of us is that we keep continuing to bite at the elephant to take chunks out of it to reduce our suffering every day and there's a lot of ways to do it I mean I've explored a lot of different ways and I do have one way that works best for me, but a lot of times reducing suffering is just sitting with a friend and telling them my story. And having that friend, a trusted person, reflect back to me what that looks like to them. And then the healing can take place because it's no longer stuck inside me. It's out. I've outed it. I have taken a dark part of me and showing the light to it and seeing that it's just a thought. It's just a rehashed thought. It's a reimagined event from an event often very long ago. And in that reimagining, rethinking, rehashing that so much of our suffering comes about, we don't have suffering without thinking about something even if we can't put our finger on what it is there is something there that's creating suffering and it is the thoughts about whatever happened um, when we are willing to explore with our open hearts and our bravery our suffering, we find that just talking about dealing with our suffering is a good step forward. You don't have a plan. Nobody has a plan. 
everybody's road to less suffering is mapped out differently. And I don't believe that it's linear. It's not follow these eight steps and you're ready to go. It's not quick. <laughs> it's not quick. And it can be painful. I think it's less painful if we constantly remind ourselves that if we constantly remind ourselves that it's the thinking that hurts, not the event or the attempt to reduce suffering is not painful. That does not make us suffer. It's our thoughts that make us suffer. Suffering is nothing more than an idea, a thought, a notion, a neural pathway that we have uh, installed in our brain at some point. And I don't want to make it sound like we're at fault in that way. We don't install things and say, I'd like to have that in my brain so I can suffer. That doesn't happen. Our minds are only capable of tolerating and understanding certain things based on our experiences. So when something happens and we don't know what to do with it, we don't process it in the moment, maybe we don't even notice it. Because if you're a, in a car accident or uh, other kind of traumatic event, often you're only dealing with survival for a while, and then you don't realize how much you took in at the time, how many messages you took in for yourself. And now you suffer later because you're not noticing that we need to go back and help ourselves to get through that. That's why therapy is great with a good therapist who doesn't have an agenda to hold you in that space, you can move through those events with sometimes just talking, but there's a lot of modalities. You know, I've talked about EMDR, and there's a lot of other modalities that are very successful in reprocessing trauma, or if you just want to call it a scary, gnarly event that has made you suffer later on in life. Trauma is nothing more than an event that was not processed, and it's stuck in you. And it's not hard to unstick those things. The only part that's a challenge is deciding to do it and then making it happen for yourself. Nowadays, we can do this work on a video on a video call with a therapist thousands of miles away. There are free resources for that have to get online and do a search for free online therapy and find a connection there. I wanted to back up for just a minute and talk a little bit more about exploring. I think one of the best things we can do when we first want to make changes in our life is we explore other ways of thinking about things just by ourselves so challenging the way we think, looking at why we think the things that we do. So, for example, maybe you um, are someone who suffers from road rage and every person that's on the road just feels like they're out to get you or feels like they're an idiot or you suffer from some kind of 
reaction to whatever's going on around you on the road. And you probably don't notice it except that you notice you do that activity. You do the yelling, screaming, wild hand gesticulations. Um, maybe you're even aggressive enough to block other cars or swerve at them, catch up with them, honk your horn. There's all kinds of levels of road rage. And all of them are suffering that we create for ourselves. So when those events occur, the hardest part sometimes is to notice that you're doing it. You might notice later, like 20 minutes later when you calm down, you might notice how out of control you felt, out of your body you felt. And that's called, that's called living through your triggers or living through your program. There's a program in you that when something happens in a certain way, you respond in the same way over and over and over. Repetitive reactions to trigger. When you can notice your repetitive reactions to a trigger, often that makes all the difference in the world for your recovery from the, that trigger. Now you know what the trigger is. And you can ask yourself, what's going on? Why do I do that? And really listen. Sit with yourself quietly and really listen to what that means. What's being said back to you. And don't accept the first answer that your mind gives you. Because it's protecting you from something. Everything that happens in suffering is there to protect whatever pain is in you. So you have a reactive moment because you cannot, your mind cannot let you experience that pain that's underneath it again. That's why we have reactivity to trauma. Our mind does not want to revisit the trauma, so it will distract you and will take you down another path so that you don't go there. You don't go to your pain. So you're going to have to go to your pain going to break it to you now you are suffering because you have some pain emotional pain which might also have been physical pain and all of that is stored and your mind is really going to work hard to protect itself from feeling that pain and why it does that is your mind knows that you're not going to get healing from re-experiencing it it's stuck it's a loop right the event happened, you suffered some kind of trauma or pain, nothing was, nothing was there to heal it, and so the mind protects you from that experience again. It will do anything to protect itself from that experience again. Right down to creating school shootings or oh, abusing your spouse or long-term lying or oh, just all I mean, the list is pretty much endless but if you're experiencing repetitive actions you're experiencing trauma at a level that your mind does not want to go back and do again but I will tell you right now the only way to do that is to stand in that fire and ask that 
programming, that reactivity, what it's trying to tell you. But that's the part that people don't want to do. But what they don't understand often, because the mind protects itself from this thought, is that when you reprocess that trigger, that moment, that event, the mind basically takes a big, deep breath and you have started to re-experience that event in a new way. You're going to start carving a new neural pathway to experiencing that in a different way. And like I said, there are many ways to do that. There are quicker ways than others. Talk therapy is fine as long as you want to go there every single time you go to your therapist and you have to be determined. And in my therapy, I have an agreement with my therapist to go right to the heart of things and not dick around, not fuck around with an hour worth of story and then leave and come back next week and do another hour worth of story and leave. I'm always exploring if I'm telling a story about what happened or what's going on. I'm telling a story and I'm always in the background looking for those triggers and those moments that are the path to my healing. It's not hard to heal. It is it's a challenge. It's asking suffering what it's trying to tell you. Because if you're suffering, there is a message there for you. There's an idea, that an idea of an event, a story of an event, a notion around an event or pain that needs resolving. And your body doesn't want to feel it. So if you can understand that your body doesn't want to feel it, why wouldn't your mind protect you, right? But what is important is that we step into it. We're braver than the moment that we're suffering from. Being braver than the moment of trauma, being braver than the moment of being hurt, being braver, having more courage, pulling up our big boy and big girl pants, and challenging our own mind to tell it what it needs. That's all the times that it's creating suffering in your life. It is telling you what you need. It's telling you over and over and over. This particular thing needs healing. I need you to help me heal, but I'm afraid you won't do it. I'm afraid, and so I'm protective. I haven't seen you do it yet. But I really want you to, and I don't trust you to do it. So the mind protects you. When you stand tall in front of your own suffering thoughts, there's a barrier there that gets broken down. There's the idea in every movie, every story, that if we stand in our greatest suffering, we will move through it and we will conquer it and we will have a different life. That's the archetypical journey, the hero's journey, the storyline of just about everything we've ever written down as a story or created music for. There is suffering. There is the notice of suffering. There's the idea of change. And then there is changing. That is the archetypical journey. It is also the Four Noble Truths from the Buddha. 
probably by no mistake, but that storyline lives in the Bible. That storyline lives in all great texts and all most almost all minor texts. Anytime someone is writing or creating in a way that we might call art or just a creative endeavor, I believe that is the mind trying to work out suffering. You look at people's paintings, you look at their writing, and you look between the lines and you look at the strokes of the painting, and all of that is telling a story of what is in that person's mind. It has to be. It might be that they're rehashing something they already heard, but they're rehashing it with their own suffering attached to it. They're rehashing it with their own neural pathways, recreating that moment, that story, a painting, a sculpture. These are all hints and clues, gateways to what we think. And noticing what we think is the first path to Reducing suffering, it's uh, its the acknowledgement that suffering exists. It's the first noble truth. Suffering exists as human beings. It's the first path. The Buddha originally called them tasks, not truths. That was added later. His way of looking at it was it was a task. The first task is to notice that as a task that suffering is part of the human experience. That is a task for us to do, and so we choose to do it or we don't. We choose to explore suffering or we don't. And you can you can take little bites out of that elephant. Nowadays, I take big bites. I'm not willing to wait when I find suffering in myself. I take big bites. I go after it because I know my mind can take it. I have built uh, a set of experiences for myself where I know that I took command of my life after many years of it taking command of me, me not taking command of my life. I took command of my life, started to notice where I was suffering knew that there was a way out of it and started to do that. Noticed the possibility that it could change and then created steps for myself to stand in those fires, to be brave and know that suffering is a thought, that all I need to do stand and listen to it it is desperately trying to tell me how to heal it and while at the same time trying to protect itself from my lack of healing it in the past it's distrust at some level my thoughts distrust me it distrusts itself my mind distrusts itself to do the job to fix this issue because I have not done it before but when I stop and I take notice of this thought that's causing suffering. In that moment, that's where the shift begins. Oh, I feel suffering right now. Why do I feel this way? Sit with it, notice it, 
what is under there that what's the story often that's the words what is the story this suffering is trying to tell me i know it doesn't want me to suffer i know that much but what 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 do i need to address what's there what hurt what was disappointing what was hurtful what broke me at some level that I needed to protect myself from that moment forward from ever feeling that pain again I'm going to encourage you to stand in your pain and suffering because I know for a fact you can survive it I know for a fact that exploring it will change your life I know for a fact there's a better world out there for you even if you can't see it right now trust me when I tell you it's there trust me when I tell you that standing in the fire is a metaphorical fire and it won't burn you you might be hesitant you might back away a couple times because that feels hot but if you step right in you will find a place of peace certainly more peace and yes the more fires you stand in the more practice you'll get and you will create a world of less suffering for yourself and that is why I do this podcast because I want you to know that I want you to understand that exploring suffering as painful as it might feel the pain is a thought the pain is reestablishing a connection with something that happened that hurt you it's not real you will survive it another thing from self-help in the 80s you'll survive your thoughts your thoughts will not kill you that event that happened before will not kill you i am not going to pretend to say it's not going to hurt that's not true it may hurt a lot it may challenge everything you know about yourself and in that challenge is your healing your path to less suffering in that challenge is where you're going to grow and you're going to build emotional muscle and you'll be a superhero to yourself you will save yourself from suffering you could be a thor or a wonder woman but when you explore your emotions and thoughts with the intent to heal just know that that's every marvel comic story ever created standing in the space of pain and suffering is a story of our entire lifetimes and then moving through it to its conclusion is the basis of every story we've probably ever written well every song every piece of art every expression it might be hard to see it in that story but if you look at it with the open mind of is this a story of exploring suffering moving through it and conquering honoring loving that suffering that is where we find our healing So there are a million ways to do this and I just would say <laughs> I said this to myself a long time ago what am I waiting for 
Am I waiting for permission? Am I waiting for somebody on a podcast to tell me to get off my dumb ass and do it? Am I waiting for somebody to tell me to get off my pity pot and find a better place for myself? I was. I was waiting for the bottom. I needed a bottom. I needed my life to come crashing down around me in every single way. I nearly lost myself. That's what had to happen for me to finally stand in that fire and make my world better. I didn't like how I woke up in the morning. I didn't like that the first thing I thought of was how lousy I felt every moment of my day around certain uh, constructs I had created for myself in my life. So I started to challenge every single one of them. I do now. I still, right now, challenge thoughts that come to my head as to being true or not and how they make me feel. How do I feel when I have that thought? How do I feel? Do I want to keep feeling that? Really? Why would I choose that when I can see it? It's making me suffer. Why would I choose that? But until you can ask those questions, you just keep doing it over and over again. You just keep suffering over and over again. Nothing changes. It all stays the same. So I'm going to wrap it up today with a challenge to you. And I will continue to do this challenge for myself, and we can do this together. The challenge is to explore your suffering. Ask yourself when you feel lousy, feel challenged, feel afraid, feel angry, whatever that feeling is, ask your mind what it's trying to tell you. And be honest. Say, I'm, I'm afraid of asking you this, but I need to know. I need to not suffer less. I need to know the answer. And then just wait for it. Don't turn the TV on. Don't cook. Don't distract yourself. Just sit. You don't have to be a meditator. You don't have to be a guru or a monk. You just have to want it. There's a great... Um, analogy I use sometimes in my men's group I picture a scale I put my hands out like a scale like a weight scale and I say you have this thing on one side that's tipped the scale all the way down it's really heavy and until the want of fixing it the want of standing in it is bigger on the other side that it tips the scale towards healing that thing that's driving your life is going to always win so put your hands out feel the scale how big does it feel how much is it driving you how much do you want to keep doing that that's a really basic question right how much do I want to keep living like this how much do I want to keep being driven by this pain this suffering this hurt and all the while you're doing it, your life is passing by moment by moment by moment. And you're missing yourself. I am missing you. I am not knowing you for who you are in all of your brilliance, your glory, your selfness. I'm only experiencing you as someone who is continually suffering 
from past experiences. I don't get to see you. I only get to re-experience all these things with you through your pain. I want you to go through your pain so that I and yourself can see who you are under all of those stories that you tell yourself. Out of all of the ways that you try to survive, what hurt lives inside you. That's what I want for you. It's what I want for me. It's what I've wanted for me for many years now. I've wanted to do that for myself, and I'm feeling like I have a handle on some of that process for me. I want that for you. I want you to stop and explore your suffering. So, I'm going to leave you with that. Stop and explore your suffering. You have my permission. Give yourself permission. Thanks for dropping in. We'll catch up with you next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. Just want to remind you that as you leave to hit the subscribe or follow or whatever button your software has so you can hang out with me and listen when you feel like it and be alerted when when I stick something out there you might want to listen to. If you have a question that you'd like me to address maybe on the podcast or maybe just privately, send an email to bbotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for coming in and listening. I hope you have a great day and I hope you treat yourself and others kindly.